you are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Mm-hmm. Hope all our listeners are still loving our intro music. <laughs> and welcome back. Uh, good evening, good day, good morning, however, whenever you're listening to this. My <laughs> name is uh, Mossy from Off The Record and I am 50% of this fucking <laughs> shit show. Sitting across from me, as always, by a fucking loyal co-host and friend, Christopher Crossbones. James. Yo, 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 <laughs> say hello to big dog tits over here, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, dog tits? <laughs> <laughs> I've been living that bach life this week, Mossy. My, mm. my wife and kids are up in Sortel. Yeah, really Not is. the bach life of a young fella, but like an old married <laughs> fella. Where I just go home and lay on the lounge and eat pizza. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you been finding that? Good, bro. I've been going to bed at quarter past eight every night. Um, waking up at four o'clock in the morning going, fuck, I should have gone to bed later. <laughs> rolling around in bed waiting for your alarm to go off. You yeah. know when you can hear your alarm? It's not actually going off. Yeah. You're just waiting for it to go off. Like, this alarm's going to go off. As soon as I get tired, Paranoid. time to get up. Paranoid. <laughs> 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 well, uh, yeah, today's guest, um, mm. good friend of mine. And he actually has his very own podcast called To The Point. He also runs an athlete management company, is that correct? Called Triangle Effect Management? Yeah. Is that what you would call it? Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's also just started a venture in concreting with Tem Concrete. Is it Tem or T-E-M? Yeah, so um, I guess the... Oh, sorry, his name is Dallas Stone. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck what what his name is. (laughs) Welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, I was just saying before and earlier, um, started talking all serious, and I'm not even recording yet. Um, Yeah, it's it's nice to be on the the opposite opposite side of the microphone, Mm. um, I guess per se. But yeah, no, no, it's um, exciting times at the moment. Um, And yeah, super stoked. Like I I started following you guys when you, um, obviously when you, guys kicked off and listened to the Mark Hunt, uh, Mark Hunt episode, uh, mm. Cough and Pooley, um, was a re- like a really good one and it's nice to see how, like even though you guys take the piss and fuck around, it's nice to see the progression and how polished your, your podcast has actually become with questions and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah you, you're a bit of a pioneer for me uh, starting mine, so I started mine in the back end of last year, so oh. um, yeah. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, good. Th- thanks, Cheers, th- th- thanks for having the balls to start it. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's, it's really funny, when we had Smithy come on, I don't know if you heard that podcast or not, he just put a thing up on his Instagram and said, I'm happy to support working class media. That was the point. It was like, hey, Mossy, we're fucking media. <laughs> just, you might not have heard anything like this before, but fuck it, we're, we're doing it. Oh, yeah, man, 100%. I guess um, I was saying today that um, my rule 101 with social media is that I would never say something on someone's social media that I wouldn't say to their face. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, everyone's kind of their own media outlet now yeah. uh, with social media. So um, I think you're... You, you, you're disservicing yourself saying that you're you're a media outlet because you actually are. At least yeah. you're a proper vessel, do you know mm. what I mean? You're not some piece of shit just tearing down someone in their comment section of their yeah, Instagram. Yeah, that's right. Anyone with an iPhone's a creator. Yeah, made 100%. So, um, But yeah, no, it's um, this is a super cool fucking area too. Like... Um, the studio, yeah, yeah, I really love this. It's like, yeah, it's cool. Hey, kind of like a step, let's take a step back in time and yeah, cool pinball machines. And yeah. so, it's sort of like there's a dark side of the room, there's a light side of the room. One side's like retro, the other side's like new age. Just how we sort of tried to approach it, like, yeah, say for what it is, gangsta. It's a ninish tart, <laughs> yeah, it's a ninish tart. <laughs> well, I'm lucky that we're not talking about colors of people's skin because you yeah, know that's racist. <laughs> no, oh, we'll do that. <laughs> We've got uh, we've got all the you know lights and dark side of the room for that's why we sit across opposite sides of the table. <laughs> no, it's, it's really cool, man. Like, um, I think I've gotten some of the best experiences in my life um, 
within the 14 episodes of the podcast that I've done. So yeah. it's it's a super cool vessel, a super cool tool, and um, it does go to show. Look, obviously, you know, Rogan's a pinnacle and yeah. your sharps and stuff like that, but um, just – you know, in life, when do you actually sit down for an hour, hour and a half with someone without a, mo- a mobile phone, inter- like interrupting your wife or your kids or Never. your job? Never. So in, in like in reality, like this is probably the best vessel and the best tool to actually sit down and shoot the yeah. shit with another human being. And it's, uh, it's, it's so good. Like when I totally forgot what I was going to say. Then. No, like when you sit down, I'll, I've always said this, apart from like people, you know, liking it and encouraging it kind of stuff. I've always said like ever since we got that, First time with Mark Hunt, I like I looked at Jonesy and I said, you know what, bro? Like, I don't give a fuck if no one listens to this. I don't care mm. if people give me shit. I don't care if people don't like it or fucking never want to hear it. It never becomes a thing. I just got to sit mm. down, fucking across from the Super Samoan for an hour and a half. I can't know my first name. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, growing up just watching him cave people's fucking heads, in, and yeah. I, I got to do that. Like, that was. That's fucking enough for me. Just yeah. little things like that. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And you had him on your podcast also, way. Eh? Yeah, go, yeah. He also yeah. gave us a little plug. He's like, oh yeah, when I was listening to a off the record podcast, you oh, said yeah. this, this, and yeah, it's all about, it's all about the local sharing the love. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. And it is a, a quite surreal moment. Um, I've been quite fortunate to sit down with. Um, with people like Brayton Astor and, you know, Carl Porter and Dan Hunt, um, obviously, you know, my, my boys, the Cats boys, um, and even, even like someone like Dr. Kirst Seawood, who's, you know, just a, she's a girl that tra- trains with my with my uh, wife-to-be and, um, mm. you know, PhD and super smart girl and, you know, just got a really, really good take on um, females and diet culture and stuff like that. Mm. So regardless of the stature of the person, and I understand what you mean, Moss, like it is super cool to think of, wow, I idolised this guy at one point in my life and now that he's, it was, he came to my house and was sitting in, <laughs> I'm like, we're sitting in my table, I'm like, oh, oh, it's fucked oh, up, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it took me like a good, I reckon, 30 minutes to just be comfortable. Bro, I've said this to you before, like when I hit that, like I was sweet because I had to go pick him up, he didn't have a license at the time. So they're driving in here, we're talking and just chatting like we're boys, like I've fucking known him for years, it was sweet. Yeah. And then I hit the record and like I was on the fucking fader as you, like, you put the sound down, my hand was like literally shaking like this. So yeah. I was like, mm. fuck me because <laughs> you're a big k1 fan too eh? Yeah, yeah i remember watching it when we were younger yeah. watching it because I, I had a lot of time off this week just to think about things and i was laying on the lounge i'm not like a real deep introspective thinker but i was thinking i'm doing this podcast like you were saying before it's like an hour-long conversation with someone with full eye contact yeah just you and them in the room or mossy's here too you know yeah i started thinking about conversations that <laughs> cheers <laughs> yeah, no, i'm just saying like, yeah we're all in here together yeah, we yeah. all got the same volume in our headphones but like the conversations that would have had been had throughout time, like when Napoleon conquered a new land, they had to talk to the proprietors of that land. They right. couldn't even speak the same language and had to pantomime what they meant and have translators in, like just all those different conquerors, like Alexander the Great right, and yeah. like um, Genghis Khan moving across Europe, having to say to people, look, we're going to take your land, we're going to kill everyone unless you fucking sign up to what we've got. Mm. Imagine those conversations. We think that talking to Mark Hunt is something that's going to yeah, blow your crazy. mind. Imagine you living this life of just foraging and hunting and living and next minute the fucking mongolians come into yeah. your village raping, raping and raping fuck everyone and then sit <laughs> yeah. down with your king or emperor or chief and just hash it out the fucking terms of their if new got that far, they just didn't go in there I and th- take heads i think you uh would learn sign language pretty quickly. yeah 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 but yeah we're sitting here doing it now but i'm just i was really interested to know like what, what conversations would have been had in the past yeah people like churchill when he was sitting down just stuff like that 
Imagine, imagine all the, the conversations that get had like behind the scenes in the White House and shit. Oh yeah, like I'd love real, to know like the real conversations, the Illuminati and shit. Like oh man, bro, <laughs> we need to change the topic there. I'm five grand in the hole from Trump. Went down the deep state and um, and Lucy's dad, um, one of the best pianists in uh, in Australia. You know, in world worldly recognised as a master um, pianist, as a pianist and um, and a, a, a producer of music and he just looked at me because i'm like china and duh. Mm. he looked at me and goes dallas when was the last time china invaded a country and i was like and he goes i'll help you out in the last thousand years when was the last time china invaded a country china's the least of your worries man like you look at america their whole country and whole, their whole fortune is based off or everything's based off you know military because the way they make money is by invading other countries with their commodities and stuff like that. So, yeah. but yeah, hundred percent. You love to be a fly on a wall with um, oh, yeah. with the you know. Did they land on the moon? Did they not land on the moon? Yeah. Like yeah. It, you know, there's so much stuff. All out the stuff there. that like yeah. conspiracy theories are based around because like there could be an element of truth to it. Like oh, it could have happened, but I don't know. <laughs> like I just want to actually know. Yeah, I think the um, the big thing there for me was. Um, was Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell like the you know they killed themselves? Why would these two guys kill themselves? And the autopsy report comes back and it's like it's, you know severe trauma to the head, and it's, like mm. <laughs> and it's all around that you know child sex ring and pedophilia and child child sex trafficking, and it's just it's not it's not cool. And if you spend too long in that hole, or you end up in a group chat like I did. Um, mm. <laughs> the world becomes pretty dark pretty quickly, and you you, you, you miss with, you misses fucking hate you as well. A group <laughs> chat with who? <laughs> who are you in a group chat with? Yeah, lunatics. <laughs> <laughs> then you're in an echo chamber, and you're being a fern ball of information right? that's being thrown on yeah. top of what you. Oh, that that fucking makes me think this, and that, that backs me up on my point about this. Well, man, we're um we're we're saying the Sheraton Mirage in in Port Douglas over New Year's, and um. Lucy just looked at me and she's like, just fucking Google anything on the internet and you can find something to back up whatever you're thinking. Like, mm. it doesn't make yeah, it right yeah. or wrong, but yeah, it definitely is an echo chamber, as you said, because it was, um, yeah, just like I was just glued to my phone for like 16 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. Just going yeah. down a big old yeah. rabby. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to serve, serve the world's problems in a fucking luxury yeah. suite in Port Douglas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've written your teeth, burning the skin off your thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> you're out there on the front line, D train, you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, oh fucking hell! But yeah, no, it's um, it's a, a super cool platform, and yeah, you, it doesn't matter like with people's statures or what they've done in life. You can you can dig <coughs> up a pretty interesting conversation with absolutely anyone that you actually take time to talk to, and it does make you sit there and think and go, "Fuck," you know, like, have I just been a rude cunt my whole life? Like, I should have spoken to more people. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. Living in those echoes chambers, like we said before. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like uh, if you if you've moved around quite a bit, like you've you've said brought it up before, yeah. or if you've had to be in different si kind of situations, like that makes it easier for you to put yourself out there, yeah, put people. yourself out there a bit more and talk because you you've had to before, kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Well, my, my my oldest son, he's three. He's just going to a new school. So he's at his old school since he was could barely couldn't even walk, like say eleven months, and then now he's at this new school. He's three. I'm just talking to him, you know. How's your friend? He's like. Oh, no friends, no one wants to play with me. And my heart just fucking broke. God. It just killed me. I was like, my fucking son. And then he saw it in my eyes that he got a reaction out of me. So then I've dropped him off and I watched over the fence and other little kids play with him. 
And then I said, how's school? He's like, I've got no friends. Like, oh, Fucking bullshit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I can't be that overbearing parent and walk in there and say to the teachers, you know, you need to tee my son up with that kid because he's new and he's yeah. the same age. Or you got to let people just sort of... Figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. And how to like, have yeah. build them um, friendship-building skills. But you know? those life skills. That's exactly yeah. it. I don't care if they sit and if he doesn't learn how to write. The main thing I want him to learn how is about to behave in a crowd is at home he's number one. We look after him. He's number one. Mm. He gets what he needs. He, you know, if he makes a mess. We clean it up. At school, he's one in a number. He yeah. needs to learn how to perform yeah. in a group and how to how he stands out as his own person. Well, Cooper will sort that out too. Now that you've just had Cooper, like the because yeah. the, the attention will be shared and stuff. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be screaming and kicking yeah. him for a first little bit, but you yeah, know, it's just a period of adjustment for him. Yeah, and it's good for you. You can't just be the center of the universe to fucking, fucking everyone around because you. Because you've seen what those kids <laughs> with no brothers turn out like. <laughs> Shit bags, yeah. No, uh, congratulations, man, on, on child number two. Yeah, no, good, mate. Thanks. Yeah, no. Um, well, I spent. I was chatting to Lucy. Lucy's my wife to be. Um, I went to twelve primary schools. Mm. Yeah, so like that's tough. Yeah, so I, I um had the. Oh, I guess I was unfortunate at the time, but I guess fortunate now that both of my parents were were, were addicts to heroin, and um, made I you know bounce from school to school for, between the Shire and the Western suburbs, then moved to Queensland and. Um, that sort of stuff now, like in the time where it's like absolutely horrible, it's resilience that you can't pay for. Um, and like, you know, a, a life skill that I have, you know, having resilience is from being put into those positions where it's like, yep, you're a new kid again. Mm. Yeah. Tough, hey? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's very tough. Like school's hard enough, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. How did you find uh, going from, because I know you lived out my way for a little bit, eh? and then... Bouncing from like almost one extreme to the other because you were kind of in between Cronulla and out west for a yeah. while, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. So how did you find the different like, my, my demographic from, of people? Well, my dad's from Riverston um, and my mum's from Cronulla. Shout out, Rivo. Yeah. <laughs> and Shout out, Cronulla. Yeah. <laughs> I put it like this. Have you seen the movie The Departed? Yeah. Leonardo yeah, yeah. DiCaprio. Yeah. You know, what a star. What a cast. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favour. Yeah. Um, so basically, kind of similar worlds. Like, mm. it was in Boston and, you know, he, his, um, his dad, well, his mum was from the projects and his dad was from, like, the upper class uh, in the north part of, of Boston. And that's why um, when Mark Wahlberg's grilling him, he's like, you know, on the weekends, you're down with your mother dropping your R's. And mm. um, that's kind of what it was like for me, I oh, guess, okay. you know, for, like being the Shire's, you know, quite a wealthy area. Everything's about stature and, you mm. know, everybody knows everybody's business. Um, and then I guess, you know, out in the burbs, especially like in those times, like in the late 80s, early 90s, I'm getting old now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just... Just completely different, and I was very blessed to finish school in Cronulla. I went to De La Salle College, Cronulla, and um, I was very blessed to have the friendship group that I had and you know be around that environment and those people because I probably wouldn't be who I am today without them. Oh, of course. Yeah. So when you were living in Cronulla, you were staying with your mum? Um, or they both, both parents bounced back and well, forth? Well, my aunt, my mum's sister actually took me in, I guess, um, and made sure that I finished school and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, Cronulla was like my mum's side of the family. And is your auntie still there now? Um, no, she's down the south coast. She's an absolute lunatic. Yeah. I actually don't talk to her anymore either. My whole family's fucked. I had um, my – so I've got brothers and sisters everywhere, as I said. You know, both mm. of my parents, um, you know, were, were both addicts um, to heroin. Um, my mum cleaned herself up. You know, she's been clean for like 15 years. I don't have a relationship with her, but um, you know, I've got kind of brothers and sisters everywhere. And one of my the next the next 
brother, next sibling that my mum had after me, um, he died last January, in January um, this year. Just gone. And not one person from my family told me. Oh, that's fucked. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, right. and it was weird because we're um, like, you know, we're, tr- we're doing IVF at the moment. I know, you know, Moss, and I, Moss wanted to touch on it. And we'll uh, think about new cars. So we went and wouldn't test drive a 200 series Land Cruiser. Obviously, mm. it's going to be a 300 series if we end up getting it. Um, and she just, she just started asking me about my mum. And I was like, oh, well, you know, this is my you know, younger sister's Instagram. Like, well, you might be able to get something there. And yeah, she's scrolling through. She's like, who's Jordan? I was like, oh, that's my that's my younger brother. It's the next sibling after me. He's like, oh, he died. I was just like, what? What is wrong with you people? Fucking hell! It's only a phone call. You know. <laughs> Made even a text messenger or a messenger or something like that. And you know, my my auntie, like you know, the one who, um, I guess, you know, raised you. Well, she did it for for her own glorifications, I guess. But um, you know, like always on social media you're always on instagram always on you know she always comes up on my on my message of things as people who's active and it's like you could have just sent me one message yeah. i wasn't close with the kid it's at not all. Hard. but you know it's sad so when you were going to dealer like were you living in just a normal household or a housing commission or like something lower less okay no nah, uh well oh, my auntie re- my auntie rented um, i was quite okay. lucky. i was quite lucky like my you know my school fees were looked after john mcguire our principal was an ex-sharks player um and our head of um physical education was um my harold matthews cup coach at cronulla so i was quite lucky in the sense that johnny mcguire seeing that i was a pretty like i came from keeper park high school like i went to the one of the best football skills schools yeah in, right on the gold coast um we had eight of our queensland school boys players in our in our team at school like we all went to school yeah. together played at different clubs in the weekend um and then you know got to this school and Johnny Maguire literally got my, you know, my my schooling records. You know, poor attendance. Yeah, of course. Horrible grades. Um, he's like, man, to be honest with you, I don't even know what grade you should be in. Like, True. <laughs> we we don't even know where you're at. He said, but you know, I'm. You seem like a kid who's had a rough trot, and you just need someone to give you a chance. And it was the best chance that anyone had ever given to me. And from that, you played for the Sharkies. I played played some junior footy at the Sharks. Yeah, so I was quite lucky there, but. I was so lucky that that guy gave me an opportunity. Yeah. But that was the the one person in this life who was like, I, you know, I know that you've got talent. You just need some discipline and some guidance. And that was the best thing about that school. And there's people like that there who do, you know, some people see something in a kid and just like they, oh, oh, well, that's his parents' fault kind of thing. But there's some people who get around and just see something in a kid and you know, go out of their way. They've, they've got nothing to gain from it whatsoever, but yeah. just kind of pick you up and dust you off and give you give you that all, all your needs that one go. Yeah. And they're fucking more yeah. than happy to do it for you. Well, my best mate on the Gold Coast, um, his dad, um, and shout out to Kevin Stephenson, fuck, one of the greatest men of all time. Like, he knew it. Like, he knew what my home life was like. Um, and I ran away from home at like 14, 13, 14. And, um, and Kevy was always like... Oh, Dallas, do you want to come to our house for dinner after footy training? Um, mm. Do you want to stay the night? We'll wash your school clothes. Um, so I was so fortunate to have these amazing people around me and their parents. And they knew, but they never ne- they never made me feel uncomfortable mm. like, from from that perspective. So, you know, I've I've been quite fortunate from, mm. from, I guess, from that aspect of life where, you know, I guess statistically I should be multiple-time repeat offender yeah a junkie um you know in, in and out of incarceration and it's you know i was lucky enough to have good guidance good mentorship and, and people who showed me that you know 
good things in life don't come easy. You have to work hard for it. Mm. You have to be a good person. Resilience. Yeah, 100%. So just fast forward to today. So after having, well, as in present, as in now, after having like two addict parents bouncing around, this, that and the other, has that? Uh, has it has it how's that affected you? Like, have you ever had to go therapy? How do you how do you deal with that as a thirty something year old man? Yeah, twenty twenty one. Yeah, thirty seven this year, Moss. Um, Are you thirty seven? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were like closer to my end of the thirties, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I looked after myself. Um, yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. All sorts of counselling, psychs. Um, all that sort of stuff. But I guess, you know, as a 20-year-old, as a, as a late teen, I, I knew everything and I was all good. As a 20-year-old, I was a complete fucking absolute nutcase. Keep on your shoulder? Yeah, yeah massively. But uh, I look back at it now and the ego was driven from fear because, you know, I had no stability in my life. I had no guidance. I didn't really have any love from the people who were supposed to give me love. So... What do you do with that? It turns to fucking being... You know, mm. I wasn't a bully, but I didn't take fucking shit. And I always hit first and ask questions later. Um, and that was kind of the way that I lived my life. And it was like, mm. you, know, you fucking... You listen to me and you bow down to me. Mm. And it didn't matter where I was, like in work or whatever else. Like, I think I had like a hundred jobs through my 20s. Like, yeah. I couldn't hold a job down. Well, that's what Mark said. He, he, yeah. he said he got bullied or whatever, something happened to him. He fucking snotted the dude. And he goes, well, this is how I get respect. This is how I learn. This is how I live. And then from there, he's like, well, that worked. So yeah. I'll just fucking keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. You know? 100%, man. Yeah. Well... You know, unfortunately, um, yeah. Look, going back through the going back going back to the original question, um, a big thing that helped me was was definitely reading, and I kind of didn't pick this up until I was thirty. Um, I went back and finished a degree, and um, at thirty, and I started reading, and I was in a good environment with one of my best mates, Ash McMillan, and I probably wouldn't be as business savvy without him. But um, the first book I read was Rich Dad Poor Dad um, from Robert Kiyosaki. And um, and that led into reading a book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself from Dr. Joe Dispenza. And um, so neuro-linguistic pathway therapy. And last year I took myself to, um, to hypnosis and I contacted Brett. I actually did a podcast with him. Um, uh, he's at Bar Beach. It's killing me now. I can't think of his hypnotics. That's what it's, that's what it's oh, called. Okay. Um, Cameron Hypnotics is Is the he down by the roundabout there? Yes. Yeah. After Glebe Road? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. I know where the one you're talking about. Yeah, so Cameron Hypnotics. Um, and he literally changed my life. I had anxiety every day, you know, in and out of manic depression, you know, super high highs, super low lows, mm. and just like running at 10%. And I had been like my whole life because of just being consumed by anxiety fucked my football it fucked everything because i was like i just never knew what dallas would show up because i was always just tired because i had severe anxiety and um and yeah i think within you know three sessions i i still haven't had anxiety and it's like you know over almost 12 12 months now what are you going there and ask him to do like just so run at me like i'm the doctor like you go in there oh can you hypnotize me for tell me what you'd say to him oh well look he just sat down and um Obviously, I, I'm, I'm pretty open, so I, I spoke about why I was there um, and why it taken me three years to you know, get to, to, to into, the, into the chair. But no, he explained to me the brain and how the brain works and the different cortexes of the brain and what, 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 what happens. Yeah. And it's just like, they're just like neurological pathways. Yeah. 
And the way Brett describes it, or he explains it, is that you know you've been driving down this old fucking country road with potholes in it over and over and over again because we're programmed to do that because we're you know we're we're, we're creatures of habit, yeah, and we're trying to find safety all the time, so yeah. that's the safest route. <coughs> and what he does, and what he design, what he does, what he did to me, is finding is building a highway to bypass that road. Uh, okay. So you 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 know whether it be from childhood trauma. Um, abandonment issues, you know, kind of name it. I've I've kind of you know, had it or got it or you know mm-hmm. or had it or been affected by it. Um, so that was um, that's kind of what what he does, and it's literally you know you're sitting there and it's kind of like this. You know, as I said, like you sit down here and you have this conversation. You don't ever do this, but when you actually sit down and you're completely you know at ease. And you've got mm. someone talking to you, like you're conscious. Like it's not like he's gonna fucking make me yeah. quack like quack like a chicken or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It's not like that sort of stuff. Um, but he like said to me after this, he goes, after this, you will never feel anxiety again. And he's like, you will try and give yourself anxiety, yeah. and you'll try and find it, and it just won't be there. Mm. It's interesting, it, man. Yeah. And his story is crazy because he got into that from his wife. So he literally got married. Then his wife found out she had. Um, uh, motor neurons disease and oh, she had like man. six months to live and they'd only been married <laughs> like yeah it was crazy and so she got into she got started doing nlp therapy and then she loved it that much because it, it helped her she survived for like six years mm. and she loved it that much that she started practicing it and started oh. doing it on people yeah so that's how we got into it super mm. cool story yeah that's sick yeah so i know i get a bit of anxiety going and my uh psych was telling me it's like you're constantly in a a state of fight or flight because you're just trying to win you're just trying to survive you're just trying to fucking make it to the next thing and in like a hunter-gatherer type setup people like that survive because they're constantly looking for threats and creating um angst in their own stomach to try and survive and make the, the tribe live longer and stuff so the unfortunate thing jonesy is about is that you're not getting chased by a fucking t-rex yeah i know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just going around yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, i know it's a silly thing yeah. it's a stupid thing that your brain just keeps going like it's there for a reason dude like you know car accidents or something you know like you hear people picking up cards off people and you know that that sort of stuff that's when it is you know that adrenaline dump but you you don't need it 24-7. No, fuck no. It's a killer. Yeah. So I get it for the, for the stupidest shit. Like yeah, you can't even be in traffic, bro. Can't, I've been in, just I was telling you out there before about driving back from Sydney. Yeah. Didn't go through North Connects because I couldn't handle if something happened in there. I drove along Pennyville's Road the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stupid, eh? <laughs> like if there's a car, if, if there's a wall here when we're in the car, if there's a wall on your left-hand side, traffic coming the other way, and you get to a stop, and there's a car in front behind. The cunt's like wigging out because there's no way. There's no way out. Wow. Maybe mm. you should go see Brett. Oh man, I would. Oh, I seriously would because sometimes it's fucking crippling like that. I've avoided the North Connects fucking tunnel just so I didn't have to go on it. Mark, um, I sent Mark there, and I said to Mark, "You had Gallon wobbled in the second round. What happened?" He goes, "I think Brett. I think Brett took the um the scary monster man away. So <laughs> <laughs> he needs it to kill. Yeah, yeah. It was actually yeah pretty cool, but." Yeah, man, wouldn't like. I can't speak highly enough of it, mm-hmm. and that's um, it's life changing from my perspective. And it was expensive. Do you want me asking? Um, I think I pay. I think it was like. What to be honest with you, I've said I said it on the podcast. I'd give him every fucking dollar I had yeah, to, to not feel another day of anxiety. Um, I think it's like I think it's like four hundred and fifty dollars or three five hundred dollars for three sessions. Yeah, that's not. That's reasonable. Yeah, that's that's not fucking so reasonable considering what it does for you. Yeah. 
And considering what you could be spending mm. three to five hundred dollars on, like <laughs> anxiety, which would just yeah, yeah. Just, all it does is give you anxiety <laughs> and a little dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. fucking, it's quite reasonable in my books. Mm. Yeah, as I said, man, I would have, um, I would have given Brett my first, you know, first unborn child mm. um, to feel what I feel today and how I am, and um, and it's quite bizarre because he's like after the third session, he was like. Well, actually, no, it was probably after like the fifth or sixth session. He's like, I feel like you don't really need to be here anymore. Like, mm. you're, you're pretty good. Like, you just you like having someone talk at yeah. you. <laughs> but, then, um, but then as we go along, you know, stuff happens. Like, you know, yeah. like the whole brother thing. Like, that yeah. opens up a can of worms. Because oh, yeah. I, I sit there and go, fuck, is this, you know, I found out my mum's really, really unwell. And it's like, is it time now for me to be the adult? Like, why have you achieved all this stuff in life? If you can't actually give back, like, yeah. so it's it opens up. Yeah. Can of worms open up all yeah. the time. Oh, another yeah. one that's coming for you when this IVF thing works out. The, the, the thing, like, I know you guys don't. Have, do you have you got kids? No, no. 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 You think about your own parents. Yeah. Like you think about them way more than what you've ever thought about your parents before. And I think if you've had a, like a tumultuous upbringing, like when you have a kid and you look at it and you go, "How could my parents have done whatever they, yeah, you know, fucked up or whatever?" And you, you, I think maybe you're in for another. Couple yeah. of sessions there because I've thought about. The, <laughs> I, I, seriously, I'm, I'm yeah. just saying it could be another like. Um, yeah. What's the word? Um, trigger. Yeah, trigger. That's it. Mossy's yeah. always got my back. Mossy's my trigger man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but um, yeah. as we we're just touching on that, do you mind if we dip into the um, IVF conversation for a little bit? Because a lot of people like on I know what it is because I have friends who've gone through it, but like a lot of a lot of blokes don't know, don't know what it is or the processes or why or what what the go is with IVF. Do you want to just run us through that? Yeah, hundred percent. Look, uh, uh, you know, it's it's actually a scary and daunting thing. Um, I'm quite lucky. Like I've got the most amazing partner in the world. Like you know, I I wouldn't be where I am today without a hundred percent. You mm. know, or you know, have the confidence to do what I've done over the last kind of twelve months. And you say that I credit that to you and Lucy too. Like she's a G, and you say that to anyone you meet, fucking yeah. daily, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my yeah, my world changed when and that woman walked into my life. Um, but yeah, look, we 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 knew we we were life partners after an hour of. Oh. each other do you know what I mean it was like one of those things and um it was kind of like you know we're six months into our relationship and she's like well I'm not gonna take the pill and you know whatever happens happens I was like yeah cool I'm down with mm. it <laughs> you're gonna be a rich lawyer I'm happy to be <laughs> my baby mama um yeah no nah. and yeah it was like kind of just nothing ever happened and it, it got to a point where it started breaking her because she how long? Probably about probably about two. Oh, I reckon yeah. about two years, Jonesy. You know yeah, what I mean? That's, like, yeah, it's yeah. And you know, we've got a we've got a healthy sex life. Um, and it started to break her. Like mm. she's like, you know, is it me? Like, and I could see it eating away at her. And um, mate, I hadn't been to a GP in seven years. <laughs> and she's like, well, for us to start this journey, we've got to go to the doctor. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a long process. Um, if you are considering it or you, you know, I, I, I couldn't, I, like Janaya in Newcastle, they're rated the best in Australia. Them and there's mm -hmm. a, yeah, Liverpool, Janaya, Liverpool, so high success rate. Um, but yeah, so we, you know. You Sorry, just to clarify, so when you need IVF, is it, it's, is it always because one of you are infertile? Yeah, well, the, the problem or with, the, the, pro factors? the problem with us, Moss, was, um, was one, um, 
Luce had um, severe endometriosis and she had a cyst on her ovary. Yep. Um, and we wouldn't have found that out if we obviously didn't start this journey. Um, but I had a real bad hernia operation when I was playing for, or hernia, hernia, herniation when I was playing football. And I left it for like two years. And it was a bit of a party trick. Like <laughs> half my intestinal wall would fall into my ball sack. Oh, I'd rip it me. out and I'd, I'd, put, oh. I'd push it back up. And like um, a yo-yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, and I was I had a big Sunday night. I, I was going to miss training on Monday. I was going to get fined for it, so I just went to the doctor and I was like, I needed I need a medical certificate. And the lady goes, What's wrong with you? I'm like, This, and just pulled down my <laughs> pants, <laughs> pulled down my pants, and she's like, You're getting in an ambulance right now. And Did I was frogging like, your nutsack. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's a potato. <laughs> And um, I was like, what, what, why? And she's like, you've got severe twi- twisted testicles. You need to go to emergency right, right now. now. Yeah, right now. And, um, it didn't hurt? Uh, I think I just got used to it the being there. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen it twice. Once in like one of my good friends. Like, once one of my mates. And he said like it, like, it just dropped into the floor and he couldn't like. Yeah. Something was going on. And then another guy When I was like a young kid Working at McDonald's He was on the floor In the middle of like The cooking bay and I was like Bros get up What are you doing And he just Like he could not move Like yeah. he, he He was grimacing in pain yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast Ladies and gentlemen yeah. <laughs> No but so what You were just walking around With that feeling all the time so Fuck it's amazing what ecstasy probably. can do. Nah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, like, so emergency surgery, the whole bit. Like yeah, you, man, and it was crazy. It was yeah, it was crazy too. So, like, um, I had an Indian doctor and surprise, surprise. Yeah, and he brought like seven of these interns in. Mm. Oh, they look at your nuts. <laughs> just staring at my dick and balls, and I was like. Well, lucky I'm you know, comfortable with myself, but they were like, holy crap. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was pretty nuts. So, mm. ah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, so long story short, short Moss was that, um, this was the, this was the hardest part about it. And it's, you know, it's funny to say now, but I had to keep, you know, ejaculating into a cup and uh, it had I had to take it back to Jenea with inside thirty minutes, and I, you had to keep it down. So you, she knows. So like <laughs> going there all sweaty. I've, <laughs> bro, just bro, put it on the I'm, bench. Just put yeah. it on the bench. I'm, I'm walking in there, and they're like, "Oh, it's good to keep it in your pocket or down your pants because it needs to stay at that kind of temperature." Because I think your your, yeah, yeah, your yeah. ball sack actually regu- regulates at a certain temperature all it's the like time. Thirty four degrees. Yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. So like you you produce this like brown paper bag, and it's like she's looking at you like. I know what you've done yeah. in the last half an hour. I don't know what you did in the car yeah. park. <laughs> <laughs> so that was um, that was kind of like the, yeah. I guess, the most uncomfortable part of it. But after the fourth time, you kind of get used to it. Um, but yeah, I was the I was the catalyst. I was the weakest link, and we would have never ever known that from that injury or from that injury. From so that injury. It, it um it actually you know from the from the from the herniation, the twisted testicle, obviously even probably even the procedure. Um, I had healthy semen. But it couldn't get into my ejaculate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I had this procedure that cost me six grand, um, where you know they inserted uh, um, cotton swab. No, I wish it was that <laughs> a needle actually into my testicles Ugh. and remove them mus- themselves. Oh, to freeze them. 
Yeah, to freeze them. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, all right. And then I just pay storage for them as well. It's fifty bucks a month storage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just get to maintain it. Yeah. You go mow the lawns here and that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to buy a school. <laughs> you got to buy a uniform and that, or what? Yeah. So, um, so that was my part. My part of it, and then obviously Luce had a had an endometriosis. Um, and that's bad, man. I had yeah. to go through that also, and that's, that can yeah. Mess yeah. women up like something crazy. A cyst on the ovaries, yeah, is that right? She so had a cyst on the ovary endometriosis. So endometri- endometriosis looks like it's like bruising in the um, like in the uterus, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, or almost like pig- like pigmentation. So they got to get rid of it. So it's a nice healthy wall of skin. Yeah, so. okay. Um, but then yeah, so and then in um, we went to Port Douglas, got back from Port Douglas, and then obviously loose we we started the um, she started on a nasal spray. And the nasal spray every twelve hours, and that completely took her estrogen, all it dropped all her hormones to basically nothing. And my partner is just the most chill, calm, cool, collected person in the mm. world. Not very phased by anything. Super easy going. Like I'm, I'm blessed to have her. And you know, within four or five days of taking this nasal spray, she had severe anxiety, panic attack. She's a lawyer. She's a senior associate. She works in insurance law. So she's a big, she's a big dog. Yeah. And um, what was the nasal spray for? Just to deplete her hormones. hormones. Yeah, yeah. To get rid so of all. So they had complete like, oh, control. To, that's what gets rid of the endometriosis. No, 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 no. The, this is for, um, they're going to knock the hormones off and then rebuild them. Yeah. Ah, so they had okay, right control right like of yep, her yep. ovulation cycle of, every, of every, ah, everything. Yeah. Right. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so about four days after this nasal spray, like I'm bought, you know, watching the person, you know, I'm a bit of a lunatic. Well, let's just be honest here. <laughs> but I'm watching. You're not allowed in if you're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't call him D train. <laughs> I'm watching this, you know, person who's my rock, and you know, mm. you know, we're 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 yin and yang, loose and I. You know what I mean? So, I'm watching my rock and my safety net, you know, turn into an absolute, you know, lunatic. Like she was had severe anxiety, up and down. Like there was a couple of times she looked at me, man. I was like, this bitch is going to turn green and bash. She's going to hit me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So this is while you're on holidays. Uh no, this is this is like getting back yeah. and you know to add to that, you know, where um, we bought a house out at Cold Point, uh, long settlement. Uh, we've been I've been with my you know mother-in-law. We've been living at Lucy's mum's house for um, for four and a half months. So we're not even in our own environment. We've got external forces or yep. internal forces to to deal with as well. I wasn't coping very well at that sta- that stage in in that environment either. Put work and COVID on top as well. So oh, quite co- a COVID COVID was actually pretty uh, like I know it sucked for a lot of people, but um, it actually benefited us a lot. So mm. you know, like last year, I started two. Bu- I started a pod did. 14 episodes of a podcast, um, managed five, you know, top athletes, um, bought a house. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, so, like, in terms of the COVID thing, it actually played to strengths for us because it gave us, you know, more time to batten it. We didn't get to go to Europe and stuff like that. But it so. would have put you in the house together. Yeah. Would have compressed you and her. Oh, no, no. no the, we're, at, we're in our own place at that stage, oh, okay. Jonesy, but through this um, – the, the IVF procedure with when it started, like with the nasal spray, we're at Luce's mum's house. So this is January, I think at January 16th or 17th it kicked off. So, yeah, this nasal spray has absolutely rattled her. I'm rattled at the time, but, you know, I'm seeing my, my beautiful, you know, partner who's going to be the mother of my child. So that was the hardest part about it. The hardest part about it was seeing the person you love have yeah. uncontrolled, un- uncontrolled abilities with their feelings and, and their emotions and what she's put herself through even to get to you know the egg even going through the egg collection stage 
you you can probably you probably know this better than I do, but you know after after your you know your your wife gave birth to your first son, or your first child, your love for her became greater, right? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah unbelievably. Th- yeah. So like, can't can't explain, can't put it into words. So obviously, like you know, I've pro- I'm probably like two percent of that, but just watching mm. what she put herself through for yeah. us to go th- to to have this, um, yeah, it was just yeah amazing, and I just I love her even more for that. So. It's a it's a really really tough experience. Obviously, you know we're, we're quite lucky financially. Like we had the money to do it, so it wasn't a financial burden for us. But I know it can be for a lot of people, especially you know they're trying multiple times. Um, but it it was tough, man. Like it was really really tough to to watch the person that you love, you know, be complete opposite to what she normally was, and be helpless to it too. There's no, then there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and oh, you you probably know this too, Jonesy. Mm-hmm. Like. The baby brain thing, like they literally, because mm. their their body's focusing so much. Her body was focusing on so much on producing eggs into the follicles that she was forgetting shit all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like, like she'd she'd like walk out of the house and back like five times. Like, oh, forgot my keys. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah, like it was a, a it was a two and a half year process, man. Like we went to that GP two and a half years ago. So um, and spent you know. A lot of money, like you know, twenty grand plus, mm. just to get us to the point of getting to like to to, to do IVF. So it's um, if you if you're gonna do it, get in there early, dude. Like guys, listen to your missus. Like just you know, it's it's a, it is an intimidating thing to do, and don't let your ego get in the way of yeah, it. Yeah, but it's it's getting to the point now where um, she had an overstimulated ovary on her left side, so they didn't do the transfer straight away. Um, it goes in. 27th of March the embryo so we've got she 12 eggs collected 11 fertilized um seven made it to day six and you get like this app and stuff like that oh, so you're right. watching, yeah yeah you're watching um you're watching your, your kids growing up in a in a petri dish um so that's pretty cool um so the um yeah so four four embryos frozen um and the success rate was 61 percent um transfer straight away but when they freeze the embryo and give Lucy's hormones and stuff like that time to um, reboot, time, yeah, like time for her body to go back into homeostasis, the the percentage goes to seventy four percent. Oh, so, it goes up. Yeah, it goes up. Oh, yeah, wow, great. Yeah, it's insane. So, so the end result is the eggs are fertilized. It's just waiting, yeah, to be put in and then start the the term. Yeah. So basically, that's um that's the that's the needle going into the follicle, sucking the egg out. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, so cute. Sorry, that's pretty rude to do this, but... No, nah, uh, fuck, bro. So, like, this is so interesting. Yeah, to me and then, um, mate, this is the end so of the So what he's showing us is pretty much, it looks like what you'd see in an ultrasound where you'd see a baby. Yeah, that's sick. But it's, it's just, what would you call it, the womb or the... Well, that's it. that was Lucy's uterus. And, that's, yes. and you can see this yeah. needle coming through yeah. in a bright yellow fashion and coming straight down the middle. Yeah, so there's um, so there's like these little follicle walls. Um, I guess it's like when you pop a, a capsule out of a um, mm. like a tablet out of a, the package. That's what it's like, I guess, like that. And the eggs in there, so they go in there and they they suck it out. And I got to watch that; it was pretty cool. Um, and then yeah, so we've got four embryos frozen, and yeah, that tra- that transfer happens on the twenty seventh of March, and it's um, <laughs> stitched up actually. So we get the keys to our we get the keys to our house finally um, on the first of April. Um, so we bought this house in November. Um, <laughs> what if the, 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 the agent goes, "Say, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
<laughs> well, they've already got the money. They've been running it back office, mm. the old owners. They're our tenants. So they got a new build on um, the foreshore at Toronto. Mm. There's been major delays. It was supposed to be handover at the end of January. Um, so, uh, yeah, 1st of March. So basically, Luce can't do anything, lift anything heavy for like three weeks. And I was like, I was like, yeah, so she could well, she could have done it in April. I said, do Lucky it, you're do a it, big do boy. It, do it in April. And she's like, no, nah, I'm going to do it in March. I'm like, you're going to be useless to me. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where guys were coming to play. Thanks, guys. For well, the boys of four, huh? Yeah. yeah so, um, so the, uh, right after Natty's, what the baby said, we're going to be due for another one. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the vetting process with IVF, mate? Do they, is there like a guidelines of who they do and don't give it to? Or it's just, well, you got the money, roll up and fucking away well, we go. Well, I guess, um, you know, like our circumstance is going to be completely different to, to, to mm. you know, to Mossy and his missus. Or, you know mm. what I mean? Like every scenario is going to be different, but... Um, but yeah, you're pretty much you're pretty much fucked unless you got money. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the vetting process yeah. is the cash. Yeah. Right. yeah. You can't afford it. You can't have it. So yeah. Really. Well, um, I, you know, the, I've, are the institutions and foundations set up to help people get through IVF that don't have the capital? Mate, I'm not too sure. I haven't actually looked yeah, into like that. Is there a waiting but list like on the public system kind of? I stuff? don't think so because it's all privatized. Mm. That's why everything costs so much. Because it's so high risk, and there's a lot of procedures. Yeah. And, and I'm going to give it. I'm going to give a shout out to Dr. Mafanwi McElveen. She was our um, fertility fertility doctor and specialist. She'd done all my procedure, Lucy's procedure. Um, she she's a good Irish girl. She's Mafanwi uh, McElveen. She's <laughs> she's actually Australian, but yeah. it's a Welsh name. Ah, Mafanwi. Yeah, yeah. Mafanwi McElveen. Um, well, I think she's Welsh, but um, absolute like the first two times I went in there, I'm you know nervous as shit, cracking chucks. She's just fucking stone Stunned cold, man. Yeah. Gave me nothing. Got she wears like she's got the smickers attire. Always looks like amazing. Got really cool style. Um, and then yeah, after after a couple of sessions, I broke her. She started laughing yeah, at me, which is pretty cool. But yeah, um, we're pretty lucky to go. As I said, you know, the statistics for Janae at, at Newcastle is one of the best in the whole country. So we're so blessed to not only have Dr. McElveen, but you know, these guys, the scientists, everything here at, at our doorstep. Yeah, that's great. Was, was insane. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully uh, December, January, Baby Stone will be uh, rolling in. Hopefully. Oh no, not that. another one. <laughs> Anyway, well, that's a fucking. I'm I'm so happy that it's all worked out for you guys, and you got to the final stage. And you know, yeah, I've seen what it's, nice. you know. I've, yeah. I've spoke to you many times, and yeah. just yeah, it's fucking just for you and your missus. You because you deserve it, and you're both good people. Her more so than you, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I I often ask her. I sit there and go like, "What are you doing to yourself, darling?" <laughs> I know you. I know you need glasses, but how blind are you? <laughs> Where are the cameras? Yeah, Surely you're yeah, fucking stitched yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for Kutcher in the background. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But like you know, as I said, you know, she's um, she's my biggest fan, man. And um, you know, I've done a lot over the last kind of twelve months. You know, with you know, with the podcast and with the athlete management stuff, and now going into into a concreting company and. Um, I guess the you know where that comes from and it's like far out like there's there's no kind of consistency there with with any of that sort of shit uh, <laughs> um there's no consistency there with any of that sort of stuff like why would you want to do that and um you know obviously i just touched a bit on on where i come from um and the biggest thing for me growing up and you know through my late teens and through my 20s and even through my 30s was had a massive fear of failure and then i had a massive fear of success and mm. i guess the reason why i'm just fucking having a crack at everything now is that I don't care anymore. I don't care whether people judge me, whether they like me, whether they That's think huge, I'm stupid eh? or anything like that. I, I've got, I feel like I've got, you know, 20 years or 15 years of, 
of being fearful in my life that I just want to attack and get after now and that's why I'm I'm going for it and that's why I want to do as much as I can and and build a, a build a you know a triangle effect management group of companies where there is you know a creative division there is building and construction there is athlete management because this is all the sort of stuff this is all the shit that makes me tick so Fuck yeah that's, that's so good that's the whole premises around um because a lot of people go man you what are you doing that? What are you doing that? You got a trade? I'm like, no, nah, bro, it's a uni. Like, I've never like feel my hands. They're fucking soft. Pussy. <laughs> but that's the whole reason why. It's like why concrete? And it's like, you know, grey gold. Um, so the financial aspect to it, it's great, but it's it's the foundation to everything, man. Fucking like, it's the fucking foundation Literally. to everything. Literally. Yeah, yeah. Literally. <laughs> and um and but yeah, like that a big part of that and all the ma- the ninety percent of that is is because of that woman. And that's um you you gotta you gotta have you gotta have a good partner in crime. Well, just we'll come back to you starting the concrete thing a little, just in a little bit. I just wanted to get into the triangle effect. What? How did how did that come about? Yeah, and why the triangle effect? All your fucking businesses start with T's. <laughs> oh, it's all, it's all triangle. So mm-hmm. uh, I got this shit tattoo probably about yeah. twelve years ago. Um, so it's an upside down <laughs> triangle on my pinky, um, and. The whole basis of it is the triangle is a funnel. So it's like me and you working together to a common goal, right? Mm. So that's like the, the business funnel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's that's what tri- like the triangle effect is. It's it's two parties coming together from either side, funneling down to a common goal or yep. to reach a goal. So nice. that's where the tri- that's where the triangle comes from. And I guess triangle effect, that's just something I came up with um, when I was studying. So yeah, that's that's where uh, that's where I guess the the premise of the the triangle comes into it. Well, upside down triangle. Mm. So run us through what uh, what you're doing. Yeah. So um, yeah, last year obviously COVID gave people a, a lot of time to to obviously be prosperous or you know kind of melt in their own misery. Um, I utilized that time to to be prosperous. You know, I had I, you know, I, there was an opportunity where I was working. I was great. Like I was so lucky to be working. Still have a full time job. Be paid full. Um, you know, work from home, and um, I was—I just said to Lucy one day, well, you know, we'd always, con- you know, have lunch together. Yeah, she'd she'd sit in the in the dining room. I'd sit in my little office, and at lunchtime, would have. I'm like, I'm gonna get this fucking shit started. She's like, yeah, go for it. So, wrote a business plan. Um, spoke to a couple of like mentors for me. So like, I reached out to like Sean Timmons, and Braith had already had Siru. He he he'd been managing golfers for about two years, and. I reached out to Braith and you know gave him a, a bit of a, a bit of a premise on on what the triangle effect is and the three pillars to the triangle effect is health, wealth, and welfare. So having a look at um, it, was, it was traditionally targeted towards rugby league athletes and health, wealth, and welfare is something that you know I guess no managers do with their with their athletes and it's very very rare to to see that um, to see that relationship with a manager when you know, these guys are they're responsible for financial future and mm. it's a lot of piss taking there oh Isaac Moses just got deregistered um you know with a lot of fraudulent stuff and he's just a, a shit person anyway but like that's um that's where the premise came from so mm. health wealth and welfare that's See the, the one that was in the taxi and one of the boys is like had a knife to him saying you fucking you just robbed me of that 400 grand or whatever is it is that that bloke that I'm Isaac not, Moses I, I don't I don't read mainstream media but i'd probably dare say it would be he's, fucking <laughs> he's a piece of shit yeah, yeah. yeah. who was he managing yeah. uh he had, he, he had everyone he had all the 
close to the big names. He ripped like, some one of the Tigers players off, I think, like 400 grand. He, I, I'm pretty sure he had Joshy Reynolds. Uh, um, um, yeah, most of them. Like between Wayne, Wayne Beavis, um, Dave Riola, which is Titan management, uh, Isaac Moses, um, That that's probably like 90% of your... Your well names, like yeah, people okay. who you would know. So who's the guy who has Tony Bills? Coda Nasa? Coda Nasa, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, look, that's I, I wanted to come in and, and change the world and change the way you know rugby league was. You know, rugby league players were managed and um, got my certification, become an accredited agent with the uh, with the NRL. I'm pretty lucky to know Paul Massey pretty well, so. He's that he heads up the NRLPA, and um, it was quite funny what I did when I, when I did my cert uh, or my, I got my accreditation. Um, it was like Benny Hannett, uh, Matty Rogers, and like we, we had a, we couldn't go to the to HQ, so we're all on Zoom. Uh, Luke Lewis, <laughs> it's just like you know, Benny Hannett's like, oh, D Train, is that you? I play Queensland, like yeah. school boys. It's like, yeah, it's, <coughs> I know it's just fun. It's just funny to um, to be on a call with you know all these guys from. Back in the day when I played football, and they're all kind of going down that same route as well, and um, it's all on the same premise. But you kind of get to a point where you're like, yeah, oh, I'm not going to shit back anyone here, but yeah, but players themselves, especially now with social media, you know, cruel themselves, mm. and it's there's only so much you can you can help, you know, a 17 year old mm. player who. You know, my premise is around how I grew up. So coming from the other side of the tracks, you know, might not be able to buy football boots or, you know, but mate, it's just stuff like this institution's never going to change. It's still got yeah. these old old you know, barriers to it and I, I couldn't see a change in it. It, it seems like it's quite yeah. a walled garden where they're not going to let any outsiders in because if they've got the market yeah. cornered while they let fucking detraining you know yeah, what I mean and yeah. it's so hard to fucking I know people who've had a crack at it before like Sean Rudder and um, Michael Burke were trying to have a go at it yep. and they just found they just couldn't fucking burst through to, yeah. to get some clients or be, some be, major clients because these these guys who've been doing this for so long they you know they get to a schoolboys level and they got scouts already in these mm. high schools and, and already in you know the junior development squads and whatever else and they're getting major kickbacks for it from <laughs> from, yeah. from it so you kind of you're pushing shit uphill, Jonesy, and I, I just don't like. It's not about the money thing to me. I want to change some some people's lives and change the game, much like Braith. But that's why Braith focuses on golf. Like you know, golf is such a you know, a huge thing, and it's like if you can pick up and help an NRL player, like he, he'll do it. And even chatting to Brock Lamb, like we had a couple of conversations, and he's just like, "Bro, I'm I'm happy to go fucking collect my pay from the from the pickers." And go do my fridgey mechanic and, and live at home with everyone because yep. he got fucking royally fingered. Oh, poor cunt. Yeah, so <laughs> it happens a lot more than people know. It fucking really does, eh? It yeah, and I and I'm and I come from the CrossFit world, and um, you know I was lucky enough to to pick up you know three CrossFit Games athletes, and you know it's it's it, I love that aspect of it because it's a sport where unless you're a, you know a Matt Fraser or, or a Tia Claire Toomey there's there's not no name down yeah <laughs> there's not there's not too many um there's not too many opposite like opportunities to make decent coin like you know you win two hundred fifty thousand dollars if you win the CrossFit Games um these guys would be you know the head like the you know Nike and stuff like that so Unless you're super marketable, you're not making too much money. So it's, it's nice to, to work <coughs> with guys who I've worked with before. Um, Jess Coglin, Harriet Roberts, two female CrossFit Games athletes here in Australia. And then um, I've got Sean, 
Sean Sweeney, who's a five-time CrossFit Games athlete over in America. Mm. Um, and then Jess does S&C stuff with, with the Cats boys, with judo. So obviously, you know, doing jiu-jitsu and, and, and loving martial arts, it was so awesome to take on these guys. But, you know, I watch how hard these guys train, the discipline across their whole lifestyle, you know, whether it be nutrition, um, you know, sp- um, sports psychology, you know, the day-in, day-out training, going through injuries – and the return on investment is just to book a ticket to either the Olympics or, or to go back to the CrossFit Games, which that athlete pays for everything. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> you, eh? you know, the boy's lucky they got a bit of funding like with Judo Australia and, and whatever else. But it's like my job is to is to try and help them, whether it be a contra sponsor with, with meals or with food, um, you know, putting shirt and shoes on their backs, getting them, you know, getting them some financial support. And the gratification to me by helping them with these guys who love what they do day in, day out, um, the return on investment for me is so much greater than what it would be, you know, signing, you know, a kid straight out of high school onto a multi-million dollar deal. Yeah, it'd be great from a financial perspective, but it's like the the, the – statistics that that kid is going to probably fucking be broke and he mm. won't be with me anymore he'll be with one of those guys we spoke about who dangles a carrot in front of him and i can give you this and i can give you that it's just something a task i didn't want to personally do because i, I did i felt like i was going to be pushing shit uphill i think if it's a tough job too trying to take <clears throat> a 17 or 18 year old kid who plays a sport based around bashing people and fucking trying to take someone's head off so basically you're not dealing with someone who's normal and then saying Here's a million dollars and don't yeah. fuck don't Behave. F- don't fuck up. <laughs> yeah. You know? And if yeah. you do fuck up, you crucified. Finished, gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the one thing people don't understand too is that you know, Rupert Murdoch still owns seventy four percent of the of the NRL and most of the teams. He owns, you know, the the, the storm and you know he owns seventy percent seventy four percent of the NRL still. He's got he he's double dipping, dude. If players yeah, yeah. are fucking up, people are buying newspapers. If people are doing well, they're putting bums on seats in stadiums. You know what I mean? So it's a very, very vicious cycle and they don't give these kids or these players at all tools on how to be safe. Mm. Yes, they have guidelines and they have procedures, but it's like, you know, you talk about that million dollars a year. You know, I look at like a team like Newcastle and there's a couple of couple of boys there who are – they don't understand what this – this town mean the football mm. team means to this town and it's like you're gallivanting around town and it's really cool high-fiving and whatever else but it's like dude what are you doing you're a professional athlete like we th- this club is paying you all this money for you to put a trophy in our cabinet mm. like it's nice that we can high-five you and whatever else but for me i actually feel like it's a bit of a kick in the face when you have mm. these guys who are are there to do a job mm. but it's like oh well i've got my, my guaranteed money now yeah. so I'm I'm cruising. I'm just going to do this. Yeah, I saw these two guys come to the Knights. I won't say their names. They're well-known Knights guys who come from Sydney, and they're on the piss in the fucking um, oh, the beach hotel up there, Mary River, carrying on fucking uh, whatever out the front. This old fellow was like, "You just don't fucking get it. You don't get it. We want to win. You're not up here to retire. We want to fucking win." And I see these young guys. They probably didn't. They were like, eh, get fucked or whatever. But for everyone sitting around listening, it was like that's fucking right. Yeah. Carrying like fucking idiots. We want to win, cunt. Yeah. That's what we're fucking paying you. Hundred percent, man. And I guess that's where um, when you lose guys like Maddie and and Joey, and you lose you know Bedsy, and you know even like when BK came here, like he he embraced that because that's what 
Joey demanded, you know what mm. I mean? Joey and Maddie, like, they're curry boys. Or it's where from, are they? Cessnock. Cessnock, sorry. And it's like, they know what, you know, because they're, you know, the mining and stuff like that, they know what the football team means to the town. Yeah, that's right. And I'm saying this is a blow-in. I've been here for almost four years now, but I see it from that perspective. I see how much the football team means to the town. Mm. And before, like, all the glitz and glamour that Newcastle is, now you, t- you go back 20 years ago when it was Newcastle, mm. Um, Still city 100% It's like you know The the highlight to You know A weekend here was You know Mum, dad and the kids Going going down mm. to the foot Going down and watching the Knights play Well the Knights are playing the dogs On Friday night and I will be there And Yeah good <laughs> And Win or lose If you didn't know the score Didn't see the score Didn't see the game You could know who won or you lost know. By walking down Mary with the beach right. You would know no, By the jerseys By the it, way You and I have, have had this conversation Like when, yeah. the, when the footy when, when the Knights are going good the town's going good. The town's going good, eh? Because like everyone's like, Happy. oh, you seen the Knights get up the other day? Yeah. Like, fucking, it really, really sucks you into like yeah. following the Knights, eh? Mm, oh. Fucking hope. Well, mate, I've seen what, um, you know, look, I, I'm a Dragon supporter massively, but, um, you know, obviously my second team would be Cronulla just because you know, being from there and the what winning that grand final did to that, like that, that town didn't stop partying for mm. two weeks. My mate stayed there for a week. Yeah, bro. Like didn't go back to work. People, stayed in Cronulla for a people, week. People just dragged their lounges out into the lawns yeah. and it was a f- fucking town party. Yeah. Like, because it'd been so long or they'd never won a premiership before. So, and that's the major thing. Like, you know, it's, it's great to, to, to think of the Joey era and, and, you know, whatever else. And, you know, that's all well and good. Yeah. You're still a professional football team. This is still a town of pride, of hard-working, blue-collar mining workers, and you can't lose that. Like, that's mm. something that – like, for me as, a, like as a, a person who played football and I see it from that perspective, I don't want to see that go, and that, that kills me I when I see – I think that's coming back, though. I do, uh, because I see a few of the boys getting around down at the beach and down at the coffee shops and stuff, and they are a tight-knit group. Like, we had Lockie in here last week, and how much – did he have to say about it? Like we we're a group now. Like it almost seems like it's coming back. I do get what you mean when you say yeah. this cunt's carrying on fucking down at the pub, half up, yeah. and just like I'm a footy player. Fucking look out for me, kind of shit. But I do. He was talking about that healthy mix, that Goldilocks zone, that yeah. old hardheads and young guys that have got flair. And I think you know we've got Frizzell, we've got Lockie, we've got the fucking the big bald cunt from the doggies. What's his name? Clemmer. Clemmer, and then you've got. Ponga, Kalen, I mean, you've got Kalen, you've got Connor Watson, so... Bradman. Yeah, Bradman. So on paper, they've got that that, that nice little mix of yeah. old and my youth. Major, and my major thing is, but Jonesy and Moss, is like you bought, you bled Brock Lamb super, super young. Mm. He played in probably the worst team that the yeah. era of Newcastle, and then you let him go. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about... So much talent from Aberdeen, from out at the Hunter, from in here, and it's not losing your talent pool. Mm. But that also comes back to the NRL because the NRL, you know, you got to have like you're either a top twenty-four player, and the, and by the twenty-sixth of November every year, a club has to have register um, twenty-four. Oh no, thirty full-time. No, no. What is it? I think it's sixteen, sixteen top. No, twenty-four top top 30 players and then you can have between three and six development players so if you're a development player you're on the fringe you can only be paid 60 grand a year only only 60 capped 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 at 60 grand a year so you're training with a full-time squad so you've got the work another job you're playing cut 
Well, you'd be playing cup as well. Yeah. So, like, six. Can you work another full time job? No. Yeah, but you, can, you, you might get matches for playing cup also. No, you can only you can because uh, you're still registered with the NRL because it's True, it's it's, yeah. it's it's under the the New South Wales Rugby League, which is a body of the NRL, of okay. the NRL. So, if you're a fringe player and you're only on sixty grand a year, like I couldn't survive on sixty grand a year, like even at seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. No, I couldn't survive on that. And then from that, you have train on players. So Wouldn't you, buy you me can, fucking smoke, though. <laughs> <laughs> so you have you have um, train on players. So. Basically, the way teams wrought players is that um, if you if they bring you in for three sessions a week to train with the full time squad, they pay you a thousand dollars a week. But if you do one or two sessions, you get nothing. So you oh, could be so you could be so you could be paying for um, you know Wentworthville, or you could be paying for you know the Pickers or West or whatever else, and they could have you training there once a week to to have you mingling with the squad and whatever else. But the club. Doesn't necessarily doesn't have to pay you unless you do three or more training sessions with with the squad. So in terms of like, in terms of the payment for players, like if you're at the the Kalen end of, of town, like it's yeah. fucking sensational. Yeah. But if you're a guy who busts his ass and just wants to be a, a first grade footballer, but you're only a dev player and you're only on sixty grand a year, or you know you you might be getting paid at the pickers, but you know you you you're training with the knights a couple of times a year. That's the thing that like that kills me, and that's how you lose your local talent. People don't continue playing football, mm. um, and then you, know, you end up with you know, how the fuck can like any of these teams be doing so poorly when all the hubs of where the football teams are. And it's it's so true. It used to ha- it happened. It stopped happening now because they've stopped doing it out at Penrith. For years, when I was growing up and coming up and getting older, like even after me, like my brother's age and stuff, like Penrith. The strongest junior district in the world. Yeah, eight like divisions Penrith, in every grade. Like Penrith, Parramatta, Pen, yeah, like, but fuck, even above Para. Like yeah. we, there, we used to be a combined thing with the runoff from Penrith and the runoff from Para, who didn't make them two rep sides. It was called Academy, and they they would make another rep side, and they fucking killed it as well. Mm. But Penrith had like the Penrith district had the strongest fucking junior rugby league in the world, and at Penrith first grade was shit. Yeah. And they were consistently shipped for years because they would get they'd get it to another twenties age or a cup age just before, just before on their fringe, and they would they would let all the local all all local boys would get picked up from somewhere else. Like look at like the for just from the people who are just who I know like like the Fafitas, the fucking Lachlan Coots, all those got like Wade Graham's, all those boys grew up in the fucking Penrith districts, yeah, and just got shafted and just sent. Oh, we don't want you because. Penrith wanted to import someone from New Zealand or another boy from the country yep. and do all this and just didn't have didn't keep their fucking local talent pool, which I don't know why because it was the best in the world. Well, one of the greatest Penrith players of all time is Ryan Girdler, and he's a Steelers mm. junior. He's from he's from Wollongong. Yeah, see what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it's it's yeah. it's crazy how that all happens. But look look what happens when they don't do that. Fucking Penrith, they went on to win 17 straight, made the grand final. They lost, but fucking look at the look at the outcomes of yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, look, obviously we can try and decipher the Da Vinci Code. That is the NRL. Yeah. But oh, I guess the, 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 the biggest thing for me, um, being, a, I guess, a, you know, and I classify myself as an overcashery now. I don't think I'll ever leave this place now. And the Knights have a soft spot for me. Is like yeah. I want to see the boys that are there um, – yeah, own it, own it for the for for the actual town itself. Um, put on the line because 
And we all want to fucking party. Yeah. yeah. We want to see him win. I want so to be can... the next cunt rolling down King Street in a fucking skatey. Imagine how many cunts will do that. Imagine how many people will be up Bro, there. Bro, that would be that. like, uh, no one will come with a shirt on. It'll just be pants, a little top hat. Band-aid on their ribs. Yeah. yeah, penny penny skateboard. Yeah, 100%. Look, I was quite fortunate enough when I lived in Bondi, I was like kind of the, the gloria of, um, of that Roosters team. And where I used to, you know, the cafe I went to was the cafe that sponsored the Roosters. So, like, you know, you had Jared Weir, Hargreaves, you had Nate Miles, you know, Friendy, um, you know, Todd Carney was there for a little bit and, you know, Minicello and, like, it was – and Frank Paul knew Asala, like, you know, the, but these guys, Sean Kenny Dow, like, they had this fucking brotherhood, man. Mm. They, they trained together every morning. Um, you know, they went and had breakfast together every morning and it's, you know, what – Know, guys like Trent Robson do is they create that team, that team aspect. You know, not not a couple of individuals from you know New Zealand mm. or wherever else, and you throw them in with these guys, mm. and that's that's the catalyst to a great football club. But it also starts from from the administration. It starts from the top yeah. down, and I think um, you know a, a team is a team is a reflection of its leader. So. Yeah, it'll be nice to see um, the boys put it all together this year and hopefully, you know, guys like Connor and Kalen can stay on the field because it would be fucking awesome to see. So like with the Bulldogs, they were like such a powerhouse club and then they sort of fell off. A lot of it was the board. board, Everyone on the board wanted to be the one who fucking changed the game, but they're all pulling in different directions when they all should have had a good leader like Todd Greenberg and said, let's go this way. Mm. Dogs made two finals while he was the president. Well, we are on the topic of the NRL. Put a little story up today. Bunny Storm, who you got? I don't know. We never uh, talk about footy this much. Yeah. I, I, footy! Footy! It's back! <laughs> well, it's like, you know, premierships are one, premierships are one in September and October, right? So you, it's so hard at the start of the year. But um, I think we've, I think with Smith leaving, I think it rattles the storm too much. I think the Bunnies I think the bunnies will be good this year. Bunnies have got a red side jo- too. Jo- Josh had a car. Red hot yeah. side, bro. Yeah. Like Penrith, who you got this? No, just <laughs> just for tonight's game. I'm saying for the year, Penrith, yeah. Canberra, like yeah. there's some fucking yeah. good teams in there. Doggies, doggies. Barra. Tonight, who do you back, James? Doggies. doggies, doggies. I grew up in the in Bankstown. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in the same house. My Villa Wood. Yeah. yeah, tonight, well, I'll go fucking Rabbitohs. Fuck it, yeah, up the fucking boys, Rabbitohs. up the Redfern boys, eh? Fuck. Yeah, no, well. It's um, it's ex- I'm actually excited for footy season. We're, mm. we're, well, I'm going to the game tomorrow night. Actually, yeah, so, yeah. So I'm pretty pu- pretty pumped. I've Jeez, the tickets. Can you, can you buy tickets now? Is it just like normal again? In or? the stand, yeah. I think that's the hill sold out. The, the stand, the hill yeah. sold out. Yeah, yeah it usually does on a yeah. first game or a I'm, big game. I'm quite lucky. The benefit to my um, accreditation is that I get to go to any venue for free. So that's pretty good. Yeah, right. Yeah. What did you just sit wherever class. you want? You got to um, just general. I can kind of go. I can kind of go all, all accesses, to be honest with you, bro. <laughs> so yeah. Um, can you give me a media pass? I'll be like in the as off the record. Hey, mate. How do you think you played today? <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Send yeah. that to me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, bro. Stop fucking flexing. Have you ever been in a box? Like, in yeah, a bro. Box? Fuck. I've I got in. I was in one last night, nigga. <laughs> 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 nah, we got. Um, you put your cock in the letterbox. Was it a letterbox or Floyd Mayweather? <laughs> Yeah. No, I was quite fortunate to work for Body Science for uh, for a number of years, and we um, major sponsor of the Swans, uh, Manly Bulldogs. So, mate, every weekend wherever Picos wanted to go, I I went went to a box. The Swans box was the best one. It was on yeah. right on halfway oh. up the top. It was um it was a cracker at the um at the SFS uh, SFS SCG SCG. Sorry, yeah, Sydney Cricket Ground SFS. Um, Roosters. Um, we had a box there. Um, 
Manly, like one of the uh, mm. like on the on the stadium side. Yeah, no boxes, boxes yeah. are good. I'd love yeah. to do it. Put a suit on, no tie, free feed, free walk piss. around like you own the joint, off, yeah. off the record box, surely. <laughs> yeah, sure. Feels like we're in a fucking hot box in here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you haven't started sweating. I got me sweating. Because you, you, you you're drinking. Well, I'm fucking. Because you're drinking. If I was drinking, I was sweating I'd before. Be as, I'd, be. I'd be as red as that night sign. So you you qualified out, bloke, and I was asking you this yesterday. Like you got business after business and. And a, like you got a podcast in the mix, um, where do you find your balance comes from? Like, how do you find balance? Or you don't have any? You're like a roller coaster. Um, I don't know. I guess I swing between being extreme. So I'm, you know, I'm, you know, either training super. Well, I guess training is a big part of it. Like doing jujitsu, um, I kind of have some have some ba- like base level non negotiables. So my non non negotiables are. Every morning I wake up before six, take my dogs for a walk, spend time with my partner, um, do a bit of training. So whether it be, you know, I'll just do some body weighted stuff while I walk the dogs and throw the ball for them or I do a bit of breathing or a bit of stretching. So starting my day with those non-negotiables is probably the best way to to kind of Foundations track, track track the road ahead. The concrete yeah. of the day. Yeah, you win the morning, you win the day. Yeah, it's it's they're all that bullshit. But um <laughs> But in all honesty, man, like I'm just like everyone else. You know, I, I if I don't write shit down, like I've got a, a list on like on my phone, like I can just go to my notes and you know, I, I create one of those just like one of these things. Mm-hmm. If I'm not writing shit down and ticking it off, oh, you big I'll, list man. Then I'll sit there and procrastinate and flick through Instagram for five hours. So <laughs> at stare at absolutely nothing. So um so to answer your question, Moss, I guess Writing writing lists is, is definitely a big one. Um, obviously, starting the morning off nice and nice and fresh with happiness is. You know, if if that's the worst my day is going to get, then the rest of it's going to be you know pretty good. Like I've started my day off with a cracker. My, my dogs are everything to me. You know, my my partner. Um, you know, taking some time for myself, breathing some fresh air, getting take my shirt off and, and get the the vitamin D. But yeah, definitely this man. You got to you got to have a list. You got to have structure to know where you're going each part of the day. Otherwise, you're just fucking running around in circles. You're a follower of Jordan Peterson, his sort of teachings? Um, I've never really got into Jordan Peterson. He's, Who's that? He's the 12... He's just like a... He was a well, he was a, a, a professor in Canada, and he sort of shot to fame because he... They were saying he had to use the gender pronouns. Well, you had to use people's gender pronouns. He's like, no, I don't have to. If they want to be called that, they can be called that. You know, can't penalise me for, for getting it wrong because there's over 60 gender pronouns. And he's just got this philosophy on life, and one of them is what's is the twelve principles of something. Yeah, what is it? Um, uh, I, I don't know what that little phrase is. Twelve. I just did don't he write the book Sapiens? Is that him? No, no, no. He didn't write that book. Who I can't remember who wrote that book. Anyway, he I've says. Heard him yeah, 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 he's like um, when you get up in the morning, make your bed because straight That's off the bat you've achieved something. Yep. And you live your lot. You live your day. You have the shittest day. Come By the time made, you yeah. get home. Your bed's made. That's in um that was in Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. It's also oh, in Tim Ferriss's Tool for Titans. Yeah. That's where I got it. Also also nah. Also a great book, that Tools for Titans. Yeah. I heard you mention the four hour work week. Yeah. That Tools for Titans. It's written like a almost like a personal diary. Like yeah. it's made for you to read, enjoy, and but it's set out so that you can go back to any chapter of it. And just pick it up and start. Oh, so like there's meditation. There's bre- there's all these different aspects of it. Oh, I just want to go to this part, and you can just pick it up and go from the meditation part. Read that, and it's just. Oh no, that's what it is. 
Jordan Peterson's one's clean your room. Number one thing, clean your room because it's your fucking domain. Yeah. If it's not clean, fucking that was his number one thing. Just start by cleaning your room. Dude, strip and make bed, fold clothes, put away, vacuum floor. Strip and make bed, like, slowly. Scaring neighbours and shit. Um, yeah, so I guess the, 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 the recipe for... So you clean your sheets every day? Every clean day. your sheets that, every day. That, that was um, that today's was, task. Yeah, yeah today yeah. today's task. So, uh, but I vacuum every as soon as I get home. I feed my dogs. Um, then I vacuum the floor and then kind of get myself ready for for my part of the day. But yeah, definitely writing a list. Otherwise, you know, just like anyone, I just go fucking around in circles. I yeah. can sit there and lose four hours going. You know, I'll just flick through Instagram for four hours. How the fuck did that happen? Um, yeah, I've got to be I've got to be task orientated, list orientated. You mentioned before how you train jujitsu. Yeah. We've spoken on the podcast before as well. I've had a lot of serious concussions. Yeah, we build it up and play a lot of football and stuff. And I wanted to get into a martial art like that. Where do you train? Um, I train. I train at. Oh, I trained at Gorilla Jiu-Jitsu in Newcastle. Um, I'm kind of floating, but look, now moving. I'm 45 minutes away from my gym now, so Alpha MMA is pretty close to me as well. Um, for you, whereabouts do you live, Jones? Charlestown, but I was looking at Gorilla Gorilla Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, that's what I, I was looking at. I, I would definitely, if I could say to you, if I could say, yeah, I, I would definitely go to Gorilla Man, hundred um, percent. Tari's an absolute legend. Quite funny, actually. T- so Al, so Tari's black belt, Dave Camarillo, um, actually lived with Tim Ferriss. Oh right, yeah, Bullshit. yeah. So he's from, um, yeah, he's over from Pleasanton, over in San Jose, and yeah, him and Tim lived together for like five years. So Dave got Tim into Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. have you, do you know who Tim Ferriss is? No. He's like, he's kind of like, he's... Hey, some kind of... Well, he started off by, like, he would do all these challenges just to prove that, like, your brain can do it. Like, I'm going to learn, uh, what was it? Like, I'm going to learn a language, a whole language in, like, 48 hours. So, he's an alien. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then, like, he learned all these languages. And was then... Was Latin? Because I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but whenever he'd go back to learn another language, like, just say he'd, he'd forgotten Spanish, mm. he'd go back and learn Spanish from Japanese, not through English. Oh, okay. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a warrior. Freak. Um, he loves proving what your brain can actually yeah. do. He got a blue belt in, like, three months or something like that. It took me three years. So he got a blue belt in three months. So he trained every trained jiu-jitsu three times a day, every day for three months, and got a blue belt. So what's the ascent <laughs> of, the, of the belt marking thing? So what's entry uh, level to... White, white, um, white, blue, purple, brown, black. And you got But then you have bands, like white... Yeah, well, yeah, like some some do, like we did at at Gorilla. So yeah, yeah. So basically, four stripes on a belt. So two years, two years, uh, a year per stripe, basically. So yeah, oh okay. no, no, two. So it's not like karate where you have like a grading. You have gradings, man. Well, each system's different. Depends what the lineage is. Like depends where you know your yeah, coach comes from, or yeah, 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 whatever else. So uh, depending upon your lineage, like you know, I, I thought know, they all had to come from Brazil. Nah, well, <laughs> jiu-jitsu is actually Japanese. Is it? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, Sao Paulo has the second highest um, population of Japanese people in the world other than Tokyo. So they went actual. there. F- yeah, Sao Paulo. So that's the name of the Gracie family. They learned jiu-jitsu and yeah. modified it to the what it yeah. is today. Yeah. So Gracie's a Japanese name, not a, not no, a no, Portuguese no, Gra- name. No, Gracie, Gracie's Brazilian. Mm. So the, the, the Japanese moved to Sao Paulo. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. massive Japanese okay, hub yeah. in yeah. Sao Paulo. That brought with them judo, jiu-jitsu. It was military. It was military. They were, they were based down there through one of the world wars or something like that. So it's... um. 
So, um, yeah, so jiu-jitsu is like the hand-to-hand ground fighting, grappling um, part of obviously their martial arts. And these, yeah, these army people taught Helio Gracie, which is like Hickson's dad, so yeah. the grandmaster Helio. Yeah. The Brazilians just kind of commercialized it, yeah, if yeah. anything, and 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 kind of worked on it more because mm. I guess like in MMA, you look at most like MMA fights, like you know, they negate the ground so much because obviously there's a lot of standing stuff, but um. They just glorified the Gracie's glorified it, so yep. yeah, but which is super cool. Mm, but also a fresh approach to something that's been around for so long. They probably brought their own sort of influences. Oh, hundred percent, well. man. Yeah, they obviously they they brought their own flavor to it, and and you kind of look where it is now, like with what Eddie Bravo, like people like Eddie Bravo have done with like the Tenth Planet system, and um, you know, like um, the Denaher Death Squad. So you know, John Denaher's uh, a black belt under Henzo Gracie, mm. um, but. John's approach to jiu-jitsu is completely different to Henzo. Like, yeah, okay. And, um, like, you know, with obviously, like, with leg locks and just um, meticulously breaking down each kind of, you know, part of, you know, a system. And that's okay. what he has. They have systems, so back attack systems, passing guard system, and it's just crazy to see, even my time in jiu-jitsu, how much it's evolved in, like, three years. Like, it's crazy. And so you said you're a blue belt. Blue belt, Yeah. How long will it take you to be a black belt at your training rate? Um, um, <laughs> I have no idea. Well, right now I'm kind of. Are you got a kid. You're getting ready for a kid. Just not soon. Twenty five <laughs> years. Nah, nah. I'm like I'm gonna get mats at home, and even if I get someone into like one of my buddies into, I'm quite lucky. Like Lucy will let me go and train, but. Man, to be honest with you, I don't really care about the black belt uh, just yet. I'm more focused on being a proficient blue belt. Um, it's an honor, like it's an honor to get the belt. When you get the belt, and it's just like, well, you know, I've gone through this stage and I've got to here. I, I know how hard it was to get that blue belt, and I know what it means to me. Yeah. Um, and I was supposed to get it in March last year, but then obviously COVID hit, so I didn't get it until well, no, it was two years. It was just over two years I would have got it if I got it in March. So, kind of almost blew out to three years because I got it at the end because yeah, our yeah. gym shut down and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, purple's kind of the next part, but it's like, um. I'll have to say when I got my blue belt, I I feel like I personally rose to my belt ranking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I know what you're saying. You, you, you get it, and you're like you There's feel honoured to have it. Weight to the yeah. belt, and then you felt like you, yeah, yeah that's sick. you gotta you gotta respect the belt. Yeah. yeah, well, I did. Um, so I trained Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, I had a, I've been training out at Alpha as I said under Jamie Ballard. Um, and just different man like different jiu-jitsu like going to an mma gym and doing jiu-jitsu a lot of scrambling a lot of, a lot of like wrestling freestyle yeah. stuff and you know having you know going from a traditional like kind of jiu-jitsu gym even though it's not traditional but the the game's so different so yeah. for me and there's this guy alistair and he's like 25 and he's fucking six foot six and he's just a fellow you showed 100, me 115 kilos this kid man <laughs> and he's a fucking he's a rower so he's got an oh, engine yeah. for days he's strong as fuck so it's like built like hercules yeah and it's made jujitsu exciting for me now Bro, this guy is huge yeah, you showed me a picture yeah. of him Dude, yesterday he's I, I massive up, i look up to him man like i'm like fucking hell <laughs> so it's 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 exciting for me now because um it's bringing a new dynamic to my game like i guess you know I love Gorilla and it's just Alpha's 15 minutes away from me. And, yeah. you know, I'm so, bl- even Tari said to me, my coach, you're blessed. Get as much knowledge as you can from Jamie. Jamie's one of the original 
like MMA fighters from Australia. Like he he started jiu-jitsu in 96, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so to to kind of do some training now with someone like Jamie who's, you know, put Newcastle on the map for MMA and, mm. um, you know, third, fourth degree black belt, like is is amazing for me and it's something different. It's a, a new flavour, um, which is super cool. So I dare say like my next my next belt will probably be given to me from Jamie. Um, but right now, like I'm just excited to just – fuck around with these new toys that I've got. Like mm. I've got this, you know, I've got Alistair and mm. a couple of the other big boys, you know, Davey Morley, Funky Dave. Like it's cool like to – because I'm the biggest guy mm. at Gorilla um, nine times out of ten. So it's nice to ha- have to – Get u- pushed. Yeah, utilise a different aspect to my game because I'm not the fittest, most mobile and biggest guy. Like mm. Alistair is fucking and, – and Dave Morley, like they move – like freaks, so it's um it's super sick. But Jonesy, I can't. Mm. The only the only regret I have with jujitsu is that I didn't start it five years ago. Yeah, fuck. I've got to get into it. I'm finished playing football now, so I really want to get into something. Like that. Well, that was him saying he wanted to do that. That's Jonesy saying that. Well, at the start of COVID, is how don't look at my little arms, cunt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he was like, ah, uh, he goes when he said with the whole all the COVID stuff. He said like it's made me realise what I can't do. What's that, spaghetti arms? He <laughs> <laughs> kept like on like this I, mean, like. I was actually trying to work was out that? Was it R-R or A-R? It's A-R, A-R. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. No it's A-R I was just like What the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you were anyway, saying like, when Yeah like when uh, the, Like the whole my, Like when I come up With the idea of starting a poet It was because of Purely what Jonesy said to me Like oh this COVID's taught me a lot Like I want to start jujitsu, Like a and it's only now that I can't do it that I realise, fuck, I actually should have done it. Like, yeah. I can't go out in public, I can't go down the road, can't go to a gym. And I just thought, well, this is the perfect fucking time. Yeah, and that's fucking a year later. It's a year later now and I haven't done it. So I kick myself about that and I think uh, about it I'm driving my car. Yeah, well, just well, just well, even get if, up and get down and just fucking Well, even get if done. you want to come down to Alpha on a Tuesday night, Jonesy, like, and, like start it with me, man. Like, you know, I'd be more than happy to kind of yeah. partner up with you and kind of give you a nice, like, easy way into it so you've got someone there that you know. Like a good sell, what, what night? Yeah, like a good sellie. <laughs> yeah. What, no, what night? Yeah. Uh, what tu- night? Tuesday. We'll go down, we'll go down together and make a thing. We'll choose, Tuesday up. night at 5.15. So, um, at Toronto? Uh, no, Cardiff. Cardiff. Yeah, yeah Alfred, I'm close Alfred, to Cardiff. Alfred, 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 Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but Is it gay or no gay? None. I don't. I don't. That's why. Like, I, I, you know. The gorilla system for me um, is in the gi, and I just don't like it. So, what do you wear? Like a little, like a bodysuit, don't you? Ah, no, just a rashi and a pair of shorts. Just a rashi. Yeah. Do you have to wear a rashi, or can yeah. you wear a shirt? Can I wear an old blue ocean and earth dad rashi? You can at the start, <laughs> but then you'll realise how when it gets full of sweat, how heavy it is. Can I wear my turtleneck? Yeah. You see dads at the beach and they got a rashi yeah. on. Like, <laughs> I saw a fucking meme the other day. I can't remember fucking who put it up or what. It was like, oh yeah. You know, old mates fucking really embraces the thirties and the dad life when he starts fucking stopping, like when he stopped rubbing the sun cream all the way into his face. Like yeah. you know, they see those comes down the beach and it's like all white, unrubbed in sun cream. Yeah, I never want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. Just get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, seriously, yeah, like no, I'm up for it. Yeah, seriously, five fifteen on Tuesday night. Um, do you just do once a week at the moment, or two um, or three times? Just I do once a week at Cardiff, and then um, I'm lucky enough to go out to Jamie's house on a Wednesday night, but. Um, I still go to Gorilla a couple of times a week. Um, the classes that I do go that, to there. Oh, no, actually, yeah, fuck it, come. So there's a week A and a week fuck B. It, um, yeah, Chad and, Chad and Owen's class, so my two buddies' class. But that's I only do no gi. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, I, like, you know, jiu-jitsu is jiu-jitsu. Go get jiu-jitsu. But uh, I stay away from the Gracie Baja model just because um, 
it's like a cult, man. Like you know, yeah. you've got to buy their geese, and yeah. you got to. And you can't get graded unless you are on the payment system. Like unless you're getting direct debit yeah, from direct your debit. account, you and don't get graded. But the, but the fuck thing is, is that so um, the franchisee, so the guys who have the franchise, all the the merch and all the kit and stuff, everything has to be Gracie Baja. You have to wear all their stuff. You have to buy the stuff. They actually don't get any of it. So it kind of like, I was like, fuck you, I'm not going there. <laughs> so the, the franchisee doesn't get any sale from a- the... Any sale from oh. it. It goes straight to the to the big dog. So, um, so yeah, but look, um, Gorilla, 100%, uh, if you want you know an easy introduction to it where you, know, you kind of know someone and whatever else, as I said, like, I'll let you know when I'm going to Gorilla or I'll let you know when I'm going to Alpha. And it's a very daunting thing walking in there, but... Like we've said, being the new kid, it fucking sucks. Yeah, but in all... different because you're going to get your ass kicked. (laughs) But in all honesty, man, like, um, there's no egos in martial arts. Like, there's the... It's not like that. Every, it's your own head every, that you've got to beat to get in there. Yeah, exactly, 100%. And it's it's you versus you all the time. Everyone, every person, when you walk through that door, every person will make you feel so welcome and you'll walk out of there going, fuck, why didn't I do this five years ago? Yeah. Because it is. It's Everyone's been humbled, man. It doesn't matter what belt you wear. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do outside, how big you are, how strong you are. There's someone on that mat who's fucking better than you. Yeah. And it's humbling. Yeah. It's very, very humbling. Like, you know, you look, if you were to watch Alistair and I walk down the street or, you know, me and Dave Molly walk down the street, you'd be like, fucking big cunt, da, 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 da. It's like, I'm probably so much more humbler now because of jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've had a 60 kilo guy make me feel like a fucking weak piece of shit. So I'm talking to you about that last night, my ass. It's like, how does that work? How does a 60 kilo guy hold someone down like you, just leverage and... Mate, pressure and it's just it's just it's body awareness and technique and and just understanding how to use leverage against you, man. Leave use your use your strength and size a lot of against a, you, man. A lot of chess right in there too, like setting them up, like balking them so that they try to get you. A lot of, lot it's of all a game. Games. It's all a game yeah. of chess, man. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I watched um Jeremy Skinner, who's a local boy from up here, who's you know world class jujitsu, no gi grappler. Like he's amazing. He trains down at Absolute um, with Under Lachlan Giles now from Best and Gracie um, up here. But we've got a guy um, who trains with us. He's originally from Jamie's uh, court. He's 164 kilos. He is – like, he's, he's unfit at the moment, court, but he's still a purple belt. Like the guy's a fu- – he's a fucking really good jiu-jitsu the player. Weapon. And Skinner is, like, 70 dripping wet. <laughs> and, like, Skinner – like, Skinner started from the bottom mm. and Skinner still punished court. And yeah. caught a proficient grappler, and he's he was 164 kilos at the time. It's it's unlike yeah, like it's unlike boxing. You know, heavyweight's never really going to get beaten by a fucking flyweight. But 100. percent But in yeah. jujitsu, it seems like it's a hard word to say, isn't it? Jujitsu. Jujitsu. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. tough to say. Well, I guess that's why people abbreviate it to BJJ, but I just can't put the Brazilian in there. It's just not me. It's like I still look at it from a traditional perspective. <laughs> Yeah right. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, I shouldn't be like that. Um, but yeah, just start, man. Just start, yeah. and if you feel more comfortable, as I said, going with someone who you know and can kind of le- like warm lead you into it, I'd be more than happy to be that guy for you. Yeah, no, nah, that's awesome, yeah. man. Well, maybe Mossy and I will just fucking have to bite the bullet one day and just fucking go and go and take it on. Yep. And and just you, you just have to be like uh, I guess like going from you know my full time job at Clean Away and you know, earning comfortable money and been doing the same sort of you know business development role for, for 15 plus years and starting a concreting company and being someone's lackey and being the piece of shit like that's going to amount to greatness somewhere and you, 
if you're just going there going, it's going to suck because it's a puzzle. Like until you start putting the pieces of the puzzle together and it's a language, like it's a language mm. when you, as Moss was saying, it's like you know you know when someone's going to be baiting you to put your arm up to, to armbar you or head arm choke you or something like that. And it's a language that unless you're there mm. doing it all the time, even for me, like I took a couple of weeks out like through the IVF stuff and I felt like a fucking spastic. My, my first session back, I was like, I'm a retard. Mm. Like this is horrible. Like how was I before Christmas doing this six times a week yeah. You know, mm. not being choked by brown belts to now being almost being belt or beat up by a white belt. <laughs> like it's 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 a language you constantly have to be doing all the time. I felt that too because I've I've been so ever since I stopped playing footy, I've been dying to get back in like because I used to do a bit of boxing. I've been dying to get back into like boxing or like I want to like start like Muay Thai or kickboxing or something. But I keep putting it off because I'm like, oh, nah, I'm actually not fit enough. Maybe I'll just like run around mm. and get fit and fucking. But, that's the but big, you never do. That's so the biggest oxymoron in the world, nah. right? Like, I don't want to start because I'm not fit. <laughs> You've got to be there to get fit because yeah. kickboxing fits, kickboxing fit. Jiu-jitsu fit is jiu-jitsu fit. Like, 100%. you can't go run in the park and think you're going to be sweet mm. rolling. Like, mm. it doesn't work like that. Like, so that's it, Jonesy. We've got to go. Yeah, we're going to smash cuts. <laughs> 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 no, all right. Well, uh, are we coming to the end of this? He's, he's, yeah. He's I've got to ride my bike home and the sun's still out. I've got my sunnies on, so. Yeah, got any more to talk about? No, um, no, I've, I've really enjoyed this, boys. I'm, no, I really appreciate you on. having me on. How long so. we? Oh, hour and a half. Fuck yeah, me. It was, this yeah. is the longest we've gone for in a while. We actually, mm. uh, that was fucking. Yeah, uh, that was good. A wicked chat. Like oh, I've known you for a few years now, Dale, and um, I already knew you were a good bloke. But it's good to put it on f- off the record. Record <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, it's good to record it. But um, you know, find out a few more things about you. And if you want to look up the to the point podcast. That was a good bloke. You like his voice. He's got great guests on there. Uh, Braith and Nasta, Mark Hunt, the likes of them. Um, and Do you else? watch Ballers? Yeah, man. 100%. Yeah, love yeah. it. Spencer Strass. Oh, oh, fuck yeah. I wake up to rise above it every morning. Yeah. 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 Actually? Yeah. Actually? Yeah. 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 Now tell me how you love it. We all. Oh man, yeah, no, I yeah, I love that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, just what we're talking about doing something—well, not now, but we just spoke about it before—doing something that you've always wanted to do. I want to run an idea past you guys and to everyone listening. If you put your dick if away, you, if you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get that cut out of here. Uh, if you're still listening after this hour and thirty-three minutes, um, you've done well. Give Congratulations. Us some, yeah, you've done well, but give us some feedback. I'm throwing an idea out there. And I'm running it past you two as well. You are already in because you're involved. Mm. Um, I haven't even told you yet. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm um, in, I'm in. I'm actually <laughs> tossing up the idea. I want to do a charity event. Yeah. I want to do a fucking charity event. And the date I've got is probably a bit fucking too close to organise it properly. No, <laughs> I want to do it on May 8th, like I hijacked the, when they were trying to change the Australia Day thing, like uh, May 8th for your mates. Yeah. And it's going to be for young men's mental health yeah. based on the whole premise of like it's a lot easier to build strong men than what it is to repair. Ah, oh, sorry. It's, it's easier to build, build strong boys than it is, it is to repair grown men. Yep. Or yeah, broken yeah. men. I'm picking up you point. You know, yeah. I can't even fucking yeah. get the words. You're out, finding man. a solution for the yeah. problem before it arises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to do like so we'll the get a whole bunch, bunch of little boys. Give it out! Give it out! Give it 
Good house. Fucking hell, Jane. Hope you get the lot, you dog. Oh. <laughs> I get back on protection, you mum. I'm only fucking. Nah, but like, I want, I want to, I want to do a fucking a charity event. Like, yeah. um, we can find a space. Like, I don't know if, whether it be the zoo or the bolo, or if a licensed premise will even have us do like a, a live podcast. Get a fucking guest on there. Have a. Either a silent auction or a fucking raffle, get like, you know, people to donate some stuff, like maybe some signed boots or some signed gear and just fucking mm. get on the piss and... I think we could correlate it or coincide it with like Headspace Week or Are You OK Week or whatever. So yeah, or relevant just, some, to the time just something or like that. Like I, I really, I've always wanted to do something like that and mm. I think it'd be... Good to do it like a, it'll be funny to have a laugh like get one of the boys, get a few of the boys get like a do it like a, a live rolling podcast where we get either ex guests or just people who've got something to do with that kind of situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think that's a, a super super cool concept. I obviously, I'm um, <laughs> if you're talking about mental health and talking about drinking, it's kind of like a <laughs> yeah. But you know what? The yeah, thing, it's a tough the, one. Can it, we can we is, sit on an assault bike for twenty four hours is, between the three of us or something? It, it or? is a tough one, but like at the same time. It is, and it's wrong, and it shouldn't be like this. No, you got mail, but it, but it is. Yeah, that's why I wrote it down, so I remember to say it. But it is. It is. It does seem to be the only time where boys can, or at least boys, fellas like our age, where we do that will in our feelings a bit. You know, when your lips have been loosened by fucking the social lubricant over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very true. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, it's 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 just. Really, to have a good time and raise some money for a good fucking cause. I yeah, reckon. I can go without a drink for a night as well. Oh, you, you can, or whatever. <laughs> but like, what what draws a crowd more than fucking for a piss up? <laughs> for a piss up, <laughs> you know. And if it's for a good cause, all the better. And I don't know. I just yeah, I'm sure between um, like between uh, Ethan and Mo, we could definitely find a venue like Green Roof or Collins Cedar or Dudley Pub or something like that. Yeah. Um, now, I want to give you the Barbies bowler so I can just walk home. <laughs> <laughs> walk home from Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like that's just that's just something that's. I'd on. rather I'd, I'd much rather you know where we should do it podcast, but do do some sort of exercise challenge like on a on a bike or like a, on an assault bike or something like that. Do you know you'll fucking all assault you if you bring that bike <laughs> up again? Eh? I'll do you that. Know, you know you know you know where we should thing. do it. We should do our own one with a Jenny at the old um the old Burwood bowler. You know how it's like all abandoned now? Oh, yeah. Have like a little party and they get together up there, $5 entry, fucking this, that and the other. And yeah. What, uh, what insurances does Off The Record have? <laughs> oh, none, mate. You did, oh, I've just, thrown, I've just P- said- PI insurance. Turn up, turn up if you want because uh, there's a party up on the hill. <laughs> I don't know who's throwing it. <laughs> no. but, um, it's, it's, it's something that I can't, oh, I've, I've just started thinking about it again and it's something I've actually wanted to do. And I think now that we've got this- Mm. Um, it'll be like a good, yeah. I don't know. It's it's an excuse to do it. Yes, yeah. well, yeah. I think it's a great idea. I'm I'm all for giving back. I think you know, giving with that, giving with the intent of not receiving is the greatest form of happiness. You can yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. 100%. yeah. 100%. Uh-huh. Right. Well, that was uh, that was my brilliant idea. Yeah, it was uh, give some feedback. Yeah, if, it, if anyone is still listening, tell us like if you know a venue that will have us or. If anyone's ran anything like this before, just get out of us. You know where to find us if you're listening. And um, also the cause as well. Yeah. And you know what? Like, for especially like young boys who grew up like we did, we didn't all grow up with a fucking white pick fence. Or even mm. if you did, you know, even if you did grow up with that, there's always going to be dramas behind that fence. You know what I mean? So yeah. every young man needs to be guided in the right direction. And I'm not just saying it for men, I'm saying it 
it'll keep the statistics down of another cause like of women getting domestically abused because these 100%. boys aren't fighting the demons of their own. Well, it's an ecosystem, right? Yeah. Like one thing feeds into another. A hundred percent, you know? So if we can start at least our own laying off correctly, mm. well then, you know, ev- everything should fall into place after that. Yeah. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on here to keep myself honest and keep, I, I was just going to say to use after, but I put it on here so that mm. it's out there. People yeah. can hassle me about it and hopefully it, hopefully it'll happen. Good job, Mossy. Yeah, that's the one. And uh, some other brightening news. Thank you, Dal, for coming on. We really appreciate Cheers, it. Brother. Cheers, bro. Thank you, bro. Um, Thanks, James. Looks like we've got ourselves a new sponsor on the way. <laughs> Mac Workwear. Mac for, Workwear. Get for your workwear all from Macca. your workwear needs. You need boots. You need long pants. You need anything high fees. You need anything on site. You know where to find them. Mac Workwear. They're right next to SLD. You can't miss them. Yes. Peace, boys. Cheers, Dal, for coming on. Um, have you seen, did you watch that fight companion?